The following podcast is a Simpronto Media production. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And I have Amy Carlson here with us. And she is going to talk all about hidden toxins. We want to re- we want to renew our health by removing hidden toxins. So Amy, welcome. Tell listeners a little bit about yourself and I love your little your picture on your website. You are called the Toxin Terminator. So tell people a little more about this. Thank you so much for having me on and I'm so excited to share with all of your listeners today. So I am known as the Toxin Terminator. I have my own podcast. And I started about seven years ago myself learning how my chronic illness was affected by my everyday products. And I had no idea. So that's what I teach on is we can actually take control of our health. We can renew our our energy, our focus. We can even remove chronic illness from our lives just by simply looking at the everyday products we're using in our homes that most of us have no idea are poisoning us. And I've dedicated my purpose in life to sharing this message with others. And I'm currently writing a book uh, on that topic right now. So I'm, I'm super excited to share. Awesome. So let's talk about some of the major toxins that you currently are, you know, kind of like if you had to give your top five, like you'd say, here's the biggest culprits of toxins that you kind of got rid of, what would they be? Sure. So in the seven years I've been doing this, I have developed what I call the five pillars of living a toxin-free lifestyle. So you're picking number five is perfect <laughs> to fall into this. So the five pillars we think about the way our bodies are exposed are through air, through water, food, through absorption, and also mental. Mental is a huge uh, impact on our overall health and well-being as well. So if we look at, for instance, air, fragrance would be my number one toxin in the air um, pillar. Fragrance is synthetic. We don't know what ingredients that label means. It can be, I think there's a a slew of over 3,173 ingredients when, when that word fragrance is used that they can pick from. And it's protected by a proprietary trade secret, right? So think about it. Polo doesn't want to give you the all the ingredients in their fragrance because then anybody could go out and make that fragrance themselves. And so I understand the protection there. But for us, we don't know exactly what is all being consumed in that one word. So when we think about fragrance, I always post up, uh, I have a great graphic that shows, think about things like candles, Um, our laundry detergents, even our cleaning products have fragrance in them, as well as our personal care products. Um, I was the biggest culprit of going to Bath and Body Works, right? They always have those sales with the wonderful I can't even walk into those stores because, you know, the thing is, is once you get yourself to the place where you have removed those toxins, 
then it, I believe it really affects you so much more because you've gotten rid of it. And I will tell you, literally, I had a guy come to my office a couple weeks ago and he was wearing a shirt that had so much laundry Mm. detergent. It literally, I felt like he literally threw Tide in my face. Like I I had to take a step back, you know, from, I literally had to be like, Whoa, this yep. is such a strong scent. It it really is. And when you're in the midst of it, sometimes we don't understand that that is so offensive and, and it's so harmful to the body. But when you get out of it, like you said, you notice it. We were at the bank when we first got down to Arizona this season. We had to go in and sign some papers. And I instantly had a headache when I walked into the bank and sat down with the banker. And I, I said, there is something that is a synthetic fragrance. What, where is it? And it was a plug-in down right by the chairs that we were uh, seated Mm. at. And I could not, I said, give me the papers, show me where I need to sign. I've got to get out of here. It was that bad. Mm. Um, I just couldn't be in there. And and so I, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. I have a gym that I go to that I love and they have these fragrances that they plug in. I really need to email the owner of the the gym and tell her because I literally, it's so strong of a smell that Mm -hmm. I have to unplug them and then I can work out because that's how bad it is. I just, I'm super sensitive though. So I can't, because I've taken all that stuff completely out or like if you go into a car Mm-hmm. I went into a car of someone who had one of those plugins in yes. there and it was right in front of my face. And so it was like blowing and I had to like kind of move the thing this way and then literally roll down the window because I yes. started immediately getting a headache. Right. Well, and that's the thing, people, um, if you don't know whether you are uh, sensitive to a synthetic smell, think about how many days of the week do you suffer from a headache? How many days a week do you suffer from lack of focus, lack of attention? Are you having disruptions in your sleep? These are all things that fragrance could be the culprit in your life. Mm. Absolutely. Okay. So what the first one would be air, you would say fragrance. So what, but when you're talking about them, so I would love for you to talk about kind of the alternatives that you do. So for me, I use a laundry detergent that I buy from Whole Foods that is only scented with uh, essential oils. Okay. Okay. Um, so talk about, okay. So like a candle, like, do you, are there any candles that you burn and what, where do you get them from and what are you making sure is in them? Okay. So, um, number one, when we go out and buy our products in the stores, we want to make sure that we're buying products that are fragrance free. So when a product is unscented, for instance, it is still the fragranced uh, product that's being chemically altered to mask the scent in there. So we want to make sure if we're going out and buying products from the stores that we're buying products that say fragrance free. Now, in the U.S., There's a whole lot, essential oils, especially over say the last 10 years have become more mainstream. You're you're even finding essential oils in Walmart of all places. So just because a product says that it's infused with essential oils, how 
good of quality is that essential oil? How much filler is in that essential oil versus, you know, the pure product that it should be? It's probably going to be better than the fragrance. So I don't want to take that away from people, but we want to watch that quality as well. So, you know, if it's saying, because Glade and Febreze is now saying that they're infused with essential oil. So don't let that marketing tactic necessarily be the final decision maker. I I can sure teach you how to read a label, you know, so if it's natural, just like natural flavoring and food is not necessarily always the best option. Uh, Natural scents uh, and natural fragrance, you know, read it and see, is it just an essential oil only? And make sure that that is the case, because as you can see behind me, I use all kinds of essential oils and I don't use candles in my home anymore. So if you're wanting to have a nice aroma in the home, I use a diffuser. And I don't know if you can see the one I have going behind me or not. There, That's the exact one I have from Young Living. Yeah, it's my favorite. I have actually like, I have uh, four of those in my house. (laughs) It's my favorite one. Yep. One in every room. Because not only am I getting a nice, pleasing aroma, like for instance, this has got jasmine, eucalyptus, peppermint, and uh, what else did I put in there? Bergamot um, are going in there. And it's just such a nice anti-anxiety, relaxing, plus it's opening up the airway. Um, You know, it does things for you just besides smelling good. Uh, and that's why I like to diffuse the essential oils. Love that. Yeah. I don't use candles either. I've gotten rid of all of my candles and just use the diffusers. Yeah. Um, and then I have an air filter that I like that is like a water air filter. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen those that you just have straight water and it filters the air and you can put uh, essential oils in theirs as well. Love it. Love it. So, you know, keeping the home um, clean and fresh and, um, you know, just doing the job to eliminate the toxins, you know, in the first place. And obviously we can't get rid of all of them, but we sure can do a good job in, in eliminating the, the more knowledge we have, the better, the better job we're going to do. Right. Yes. And I have my own DIY do-it-yourself a laundry detergent soap that I can make. And so if you have the gunks to do it, go to chantelrayway.com slash soap and you can get my link. Um, for Love it. The free, you know, recipe on how to make it yourself if you feel like you want to. Love it. When we're talking fragrance, one of the biggest culprits on fragrance too is dryer sheets right? They're uh, they're just Mm. full of toxins. So here's a really helpful tip for those of you who do like to make your own things. Take a eight ounce spray bottle, add about 10 to 15 drops of your favorite essential oil, maybe a lavender if you want calming or a citrus fresh if you want uplifting. Fill the rest of it with water, a little pinch of Epsom salt, because that helps keep the oil and the water emulsified together. Give it a shake and spray it on wool balls and add it to your dryer. Now you've got some really nice scented towels and sheets and clothes without all the harmful chemicals. Okay, great. So anything else you can think of for air? So we've talked about the laundry detergent. We've talked about... uh, candles, 
we've talked about just fragrance in general. So let's talk about, let's talk about fragrance. So when you are, let's just say you want to have perfume, are there mm-hmm. any perfumes that you found that are made with just essential oils? Or do you just say, I'm just going to pick my own little blend and, and put some carrier oil and put your own essential oils together and make your own perfume? That's a great question, uh, Chantel. For the longest time, there wasn't really a essential oil perfume that I knew of. And I've only been doing this for seven years. So maybe there was behind. But I, I would do things like making roller bottles, you know, and I would add in essential oils and stones, you know, gems in there. Um, and just kind of make my own fragrance to roll on my wrist or, you know, on my neck for a fragrance. And you can select. Can you give us like your favorite? It's funny because I actually bought, is I bought it from Living, Young Living. And it was someone that said, this is a wonderful, it was some kind of rose. They said, this is the best one for perfume. And I wish I could remember what it was. And it stunk so bad. And it was so <laughs> lady something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Lady Scleral. Lady Scleral. It was like 50 some dollars. I was so <laughs> furious. I'm like, I spent $50 because I was like, oh, good. Like, I'll do this essential oil. She was like, this is the best for perfume. I got it home, spent 50 bucks. And that one stinks. I'm sorry. But that one, in my opinion, <laughs> smells so bad. You know, uh, And here's the thing with essential oils. When I first started with oils, I thought they all stunk. I really did. You know, I liked peppermint and I liked the citrus ones, but boy, oh boy. But there are some really good ones. And um, do you know Melissa Pepping at all? She's a royal crown diamond within the young living world, but she's, she's created so many different empires. And one of hers is she has created a perfumery. So she has books out. So if you want to actually create perfumes, you mm-hmm. can. And she gives you the recipes on what to add. So, you know, rose, jasmine, uh, if you like a floral scent, are great to add in. If you like more of a woodsy scent, cedar woods, palo santo are great ones to add. But you're going to have layers to it. Because if you think about perfumes, if we know anything about them, there's, you know, high notes, low notes, and medium notes. And, you know, so high notes are the ones like a citrus oil that are going to smell real good immediately, but go away real quickly. Uh, Medium notes are going to kind of stick around, you'll smell them for several hours, and then the low notes stay for a very long time. And those are all your woodsy uh, sense of the ones that come from trees, roots, plants, that type of thing. And so you have to use a combination and really get, and she has a whole book. Uh, I can grab it here and they're fantastic. But I always tell people, make it easy on yourself and just get something you like. I tend to like more of a clean scent. Me too. So, you know, I don't want real florally. I don't want real musky either. I like that right in between. So I do a combination of like citruses and the florals. When I put those two together, they're fantastic. That's what I like. So if you were going to put, because it sounds like we have the same taste. So if you give me, give me a couple different ones that I would blend together to make an amazing perfume. Oh, well, like what I'm diffusing right now smells absolutely fantastic. So jasmine, jasmine is 
is wonderful and you need seriously one drop. It's it's that potent. And if you smell jasmine on its own, you're going to be knocked out. It's very, very strong. So that's why I like to put it in a diffuser or a blend. So jasmine, eucalyptus, lime, and bergamot are absolutely fantastic together. Mm, awesome. Okay. I do want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about the whole idea of Wi-Fi because everything's going on. I don't know if you've seen, I just yes. watched a crazy video and you, if you want to go see it, you, you have to go quickly to go find it because apparently because it's so controversial, um, they're getting taken down. They're taken down, but it's yeah. David Icke, I-C-K-E, and it's called The Truth Behind the Coronavirus Pandemic, COVID-19, Lockdown, and the Economy. Yeah. And it's crazy. And his whole thing is all about this, the Wi-Fi and everything, the 5G. Do you, are you kind of familiar with what's going on? Can you talk about that at all with what's going on with 5G? Well, I'm not familiar. I've heard the rumors. I've heard the talks and the conversations about, you know, Wuhan also being kind of the epicenter of the whole 5G implementation. Um, There are so many science-backed studies on 5G that it is so, so bad for us. Um, as humans, it's it's horrible for us, and I'm I'm not well versed in it, but I can tell you that Wi-Fi period within the home is causing harm to our bodies, and so we need to make sure that we are eliminating our exposures the best that we can. And there's lots of different ways, you know, to do that. But some of the symptoms of 5G are Wi-Fi, um, the EMF, the electronic magnetic frequencies are the neurological things, the headaches, the insomnia, the lack of focus, all those things that our body says, hey, we're in toxic overload. Same thing that we're experiencing. Um, It can actually change the DNA of our cells. It is that strong. It is that powerful. It is that intense of what we want to pay attention to of what's happening to our bodies because we're energy, right? Our whole body is energy. And so if we're emitting energy through the body, it is going to change our body. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy to me. Um, And some ways forward, uh, internet, you know, that, that type of thing, Wi-Fi is good and um, helps us to be connected with each other and helps make things easier for us. But are we doing it at the risk of us being an unhealthy society? It's just like we've depleted everything out of our soil and water systems. Um, you know, our waterways are so damaged and polluted that it, it's crazy. And our food system, even if we are growing our own food, the soil is so depleted as well. Uh, 5G is just another one of those ways that we are really um, harming ourselves in the, in, in the name of, of modern, you know, conveniences, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's move on because the second one, so air we've kind of really talked about. <laughs> let's talk about water. So what is some of the toxins we're seeing in our water and what can we do about it? 
Sure. So um, the big ones are your heavy metals. Um, there's lots and lots of different metals that are in our water uh, sources. Uh, pesticides are coming into our waterways and in our water supplies. We also have things like um, uh, uh, chlor um, chloramines and these are, are ways that, that they're sanitizing the water, but they are also left within the water and causing damage to our um, bodies in fluoride. Um, many, many cities are actually banning fluoride from the water, but there's still a lot of uh, waterways that have fluoride in it, and fluoride is a known neurotoxin to our bodies. So lots of different avenues and things that are coming into the water. Oh, also pharmaceuticals. Many pharmaceuticals are getting washed down. People flush them down the toilet. They throw them out in, in that way. And these don't go away. They're in the water sources forever. So what do we do about it, right? We know there's contaminants in there. So a whole house system is the best filtration system that we can do because we've got clean drinking water. We've got clean water for cleaning our clothes and our dishes. And we have clean water for cleaning ourselves where we're, it's our skin, the biggest organ of our body. But a lot of people can't, or they live in a temporary housing. Maybe they're in an apartment or something that's not permanent and they don't want to spend that kind of money. So if that's the case, then I would at least filter your drinking water by putting, you know, one of those pitchers or an under sink mount and then getting shower head filters and reverse osmosis is your best filtering mechanism to remove the most contaminants that are in our, in our water source. Mm, that's great. Um, I love if you go onto my site on chantelrightway.com, I have a link for a Berkey water machine. Yes. So if you don't have that, the Berkey water machine is amazing. And you can, yep. you want to make sure you get it with the fluoride. You know, you, there's different filters that they have, but make sure you get the one that includes the fluoride um, to get rid of the fluoride in there. Right. And there's a combination of, you know, there's reverse osmosis, there's charcoal, there is um, kind of a UV light type mechanism. They're running it over a ultraviolet light to remove a lot of contaminants. There's each filtering mechanism does a little bit of a different job in, in removing what it's removing out of the water source. So, and the Berkey is fantastic. And the Berkey actually comes in many different ways. They have a whole house system down to a, even a portable uh, filtering system. In, in fact, uh, one of the gals that I do a lot of travel with has one. So when we go to hotels, we can take the tap water, put it right in there and know that we're drinking clean water. Um, after wow, I have to look into that. I didn't know that. So you're saying Berkey actually has a whole water filtration system? Yes, they do. A whole house. Yes. Oh my gosh. I have to look into that right away. Yep. So they have whole house. They have just, um, you know, countertop ones that you can use to, to filter gallons at a time. And they even have smaller ones as well that are portable that you can take with you on the go. Mm, that is awesome. Okay. So let's move to absorption. Cause you said that's another oh. big one, right? So <laughs> that's a big one, right? So, you know, obviously some of these things that we've already talked about is being absorbed through the skin, right? Water, you know, when we, we have to wash, right. And we have to wear clothes when we go outside. Well, most of us do anyway, but absorption, we want to think about our personal care and our makeup products. So we have things in our, in those products like parabens, 
phthalates, one for dioxane, which is a byproduct coming from sodium lauryl sulfate. We have, um, those are kind of the key ones to, to stick away from. And we are all seeing more and more products on the, on the shelves t- today that say paraben-free, fragrance-free, phthalate-free. And there's a reason behind that because these ingredients are causing cancer. If there is a study out there, and I can't tell you which one specifically it is, that they tested breast cancer tumors and every single tumor had parabens in it, every single one of them. So this is something that is an endocrine disruptor and especially for us women, not something we wanna be putting on our bodies. And if you think about it, parabens are in our shampoo, our conditioner, our face wash, our toothpaste, our moisturizers, our lotions. So you're not just getting it through one product, you're getting it through multiple sources and then that's how the bioaccumulation starts. And you know what that is, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's, you know, that's the crazy part is where one company decides this is a safe level of exposure to us, whatever that is, you know, then we, we are using it in multiple sources. So it's no longer safe and it becomes, you know, an overload in our system. And then we, we have the, the symptoms that we, we get because of the toxin buildup. Yeah. And I actually started to, so for me, like, I feel like I really did a good job of getting rid of bad stuff on my laundry detergent and my Mm -hmm. cleaning products. The one area that I did not give up was my makeup. Um, cause I just love makeup. I'm kind of one of, you know, some people kind of have like a fetish for shoes or a fetish for, they love, you know, sneakers or who knows what. Um, but for me personally, I just loved makeup. Like I just mm-hmm. would go to Sephora or Ulta. And so now I actually started selling the beauty counter um, okay. makeup. And so I'll add my link in the show notes there for anyone yeah. who wants to change their makeup because the beauty counter is a really good line that doesn't have all of those toxins in there. Right. And Beauty Counter does a fantastic job. Not only do they, and they are actually EWG certified. One of the, I think the, one of the only makeup companies that EWG gives their stamp of approval on. And and Beauty Counter also does a ton of legislative support in, 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 law and bill creation to protect us consumers. So I really love the heart and soul of that company. Um, They have fantastic products and theirs are mostly all liquid based, you know, as far as foundations are concerned, they've got a great um, sunscreen as well um, that I like and have used. And, um, and, and, you know, I only use their foundation. I haven't used any of their other stuff. And then Young Living also has their Savvy Minerals, which is a powder base. So if if you are like a mineral uh, foundation, uh, that might be an option for you as well. And I've used both of them. And then, so, and I'm a makeup kind of person. Most days I don't wear a lot of it, um, but I do like to put the makeup on. And so I use kind of a combination of both. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, what other tips do you have for people that they could practical ways that they can get toxins out of their, in their house? 
Sure. So we talked about, you know, our personal care products. We've talked about, you know, air, water, all of that. So let's talk about, you know, I think so much information is out there on what the toxins are. Let's now talk about what can we do for our bodies Say, all right, I'm ready to start on this journey. I'm ready to get toxin-free in my home. So we told you what to avoid. There's ways that you can help your body detox. And so I want to share with you a couple tips real quick on that. Number one is making sure you're drinking lots of water. Um, You know, water running through us because our kidneys and livers do a great job of detoxing the body. So we want to make sure that we are passing everything through. Gut health is super important. If you're not having a bowel movement at least once or twice a day is optimal, then you're not passing toxins through your body. It's actually fermenting inside that body. So we want to make sure that we get everything moving. So your bowel movements are a good indication of your gut health. And I'm sure Chantel has got lots to say on gut health and can give you ideas on where to go with that. Um, The other thing is sweating. We need to Mm. sweat. Our skin is our biggest organ. So if we can sweat, we are going to expel those toxins and really help jumpstart and make ourselves feel better. Two ways you can do that. If you don't have access to an infrared sauna, which many people do not, get in the bathtub. Do an Epsom salt. So you'll combine one cup of Epsom salts and one cup of baking soda together. You want to sit in there for at least 20 minutes, as hot as you can stand it. And trust me, you will sweat. And then when you get out of the bathtub, go rinse yourself off in the shower because you've just expelled tons of toxins out of your skin. That's a a real easy way to really expel toxins. You can do that now as you're getting in on your toxin-free lifestyle journey. If you feel like you're coming down with something, that bath is fantastic to take to help uh, uh, kickstart your immune system. I take a hot bath, like screech, like when I get out of the bath, I take a hot bath with Epsom salt every single night. And literally when I get out, like my legs are hot, like practically red, they're mm-hmm. like hot pink because I've taken such a hot bath. But what I don't do is I don't take a shower after that. So that's, yeah. I need to add that into it. Take a shower and add baking soda. If you think you're hot <laughs> with your Epsom salts, the baking soda helps really promote the sweating and, and you'll really kick out How the- How much the, baking soda should you add? Equal parts. So one cup Epsom salts to one cup baking soda. You just mix equal parts of that. Okay. Gotcha. And then how often I have an infrared sauna at my house, which I love. I feel like I'm only doing it about two times a week. I'd really love to get in there every day. What do you suggest for people every day? I do it at least for every other day. And depending on what's going on with me, for instance, right now, I have been over at my parents' home. My mom just went through a transplant surgery. So I have been caretaking with them. Their house is full of toxins. Um, They don't subscribe to my lifestyle in the least. And so when I leave their home, I'm immediately peeling off my clothes and in the infrared sauna. And I will do it every day for the first three days that I'm back just to help jumpstart my my, um, body and get rid of the stuff. So at least three to four times a week, every other day is uh, is ultimate, um, you, you know, but get in there as many times as you can. Another thing that you can do too is dry brushing. Have you done that? 
You know, I have, I have one and I think I've probably done it like a couple times. I'm not, I'm not good at it. Let's put it that way. I have it, it but I haven't done it. It's so hard. You know, we have all these things that we want to do. It's just creating those. Um, it's creating habits. the habit. It's creating the habit because here's the thing. I don't even think about it. I take that hot bath with Epsom salt. Now I'm going to add the baking soda. I do it every night. I don't even think about it. It's just part of my routine. Yeah. I've got to add the infrared and the, I've got to, I'm doing it two to three times a week. If that on the sauna and I do it best when I have a friend. So I think the reason I've kind of gotten out of the habit is because I'm not, you know, everything with COVID-19, I'm not having friends come over as much. So, well, I love my infrared time because that's 30 minutes of, I just sit with spa music going. I've, I fill my um, sauna. I have a little dish that I put lavender and eucalyptus in it. So I'm just smelling Mm, that. And it's just idea. It's my meditation kind of oh, relax mode. <laughs> I love it. But the um, dry brushing is fantastic. Not only does it help, your lymphatic system is kind of the sewer removal process of the body. So the, and it does not move on its own. We have to manually get the lymphatic system moving. And so dry brushing does that. And not only does it help remove toxins from the body, and if you can do that like, you know, every other day, you know, you know, three to four times a week, just like your infrared sauna, do it before you go get into the infrared sauna, maybe put your dry brush hanging by your infrared sauna. So it's a reminder to do that before you do that. But dry brushing gets everything moving It's so, so good for the body, but it's also great for cellulite. So I don't know. I'm a woman that's got some cellulite on the body. As much as I exercise, I still have it. And it is fantastic in removing the cellulite. So I want you to walk us through how to do the dry brushing. So like if someone's never done that before, what do they need to do? Okay, so first of all, you want good a good dry brush, right? So you want natural bristles. So whatever feels good to you, it needs to be semi-firm because you know, it can't just be real soft on the skin. Your skin will be pink when you're done dry brushing. That's number one. And whatever feels good to you to use, but look them up, make sure they're natural bristles on the dry brush. This is how I start. And this is what I do. I've done some different readings. So I start down on my feet. Everything is done in sevens. So I go up to the shins, you know, to the knees in the front and just go all around the, the, from the top of the foot, all the way up to the knee, seven times going front, back, you know, and so forth. I, and I do both legs. Then I do from the knees up to the groin area in the front and the back, seven times on both legs. Then I go behind, you know, everything is up towards the heart. So I start from, you know, below the butt cheeks and on over, uh, you know, seven times on each side, go up both sides of the back uh, seven times. Then I will come back to the arms. I'm going up the arms towards the shoulders, you know, do both arms. Then I do um, clockwise motion. And so, so describe a little bit more in detail. So as you're going, as you're going in the bottom and you're moving your way up, are you doing straight motions up? Are you doing circular motions? What are you doing? 
it's a straight motion up. It's a straight motion up and you don't have to rub hard. Just put the brush on the skin. It, trust me, you'll feel it. Um, you know, so it's just a, it's just going to be a rubbing motion. I'm just taking the handle and I'm just brushing up, just brushing up. Um, you know, I'm firm against the skin, but I'm not pressing hard. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, the, the stomach we want to do in a clockwise direction because everything moves in a clockwise direction with our stomach and our digestive system. So we do the stomach. I do the back of the shoulders. You know, you'll have to do what's easiest for you. You know, can you reach back there and kind of- You can get your spouse to do it. My husband, I'm telling (laughs) you, he would be like, heck yeah, I will dry brush you all day long. Yeah, put your hands up. (laughs) There you go. You're married, get your husband in there doing it with you. Absolutely. So, you know, reach the best that you can, the arms, the stomach we've done. And then I go from the armpit down- through the center. So I'm going to pull down and into the heart on both sides, you know, seven times. And then I start up here and go down towards the heart. That's the only time that we're going down in the body is starting from the jaw line down. Other, otherwise, we're always going up towards the heart. Mm. So that's yeah, what and the lymphatic system helps your body fight off infections. So that would flow through your system and are filtered through your lymph nodes. So dry brushing is, they say it, it helps the body release toxins through sweat and through the brush is going to stimulate the pores and open them up. Yep. It's, it's so, so, so good. And when we have pockets of cellulite, that's where toxins store in our fat. So, you know, if we can do things that are going to help get the cellulite gone from our body, get the fat cells gone, then we, you know, I'm all for that because I don't want to be storing more toxins in my body. Awesome. Well, this has been great. Is there any other things that you feel like are super important that we didn't touch on today that you want to leave listeners with? Sure. So number one is just don't let yourself get down a rabbit hole. When we, when we think about toxins, they're everywhere and I get it. Um, and I don't want to scare people, but let's take control of our energy. And you just start with the, the small steps, do what you can do. And what you can do is control what's in your own home. We can't control anything else. So just make better choices for yourself in your home. Awesome. And I would like you to talk about, since it sounds like you are kind of, it comes home for you, but you had said that your parents don't really subscribe to this. So what does someone do if their family members, even, you know, I'm grateful that my husband, he is, you know, I'm a super naturopath. I mean, I just like everything organic (laughs) and I don't like, and, and it's funny because one thing that we had to kind of meet in the middle on because I had bought my laundry detergent that was, you know, completely unscented and he, me and him kind of went round and round on that one. Most things he's fine with, but he was like, I'm going to lay my foot down on this. He's like, I need a scent on my clothes. He's like, so do you use essential oil? Use what you need to, but we're not doing unscented. And so we kind of <laughs> had to compromise, but how do you, any good tips to kind of meet in the middle on certain things when you've got family members that are not 
in sync with your beliefs on this? Oh, sure. Oh my gosh. So it's a struggle for me because I have a lot of family members who are not. Um, You know, I talked about my parents, my spouse, my husband ascribes to about 70% of what I do, not the rest of it. So Um, what are the things he doesn't subscribe to? This will be good. Oh, we won't so, share this episode with him, by the way. <laughs> he doesn't listen anyway. It's all good. I mean, he supports what I do. He just, like, he uses an old spice body wash in the shower, mm. um, you know, which is, bleh. it's nasty. Right. You know? But here's the thing. For years, I tried and to- you're not going to want to hug on him and kiss him if he's got that old spice all over him. That's what you have to say to him. Because, you know, there are some different ones like Jason's that, you know, maybe you, all you have to do is kind of say to him, okay, let me find a couple other alternatives for you and right. can we try this? And then say what's in it for him, right? Like <laughs> if you- if you switch to this body wash, I'm going to want to wash your body with it. I'm going to want to snuggle up closer with you, right? Exactly. And that's the thing is, is we have to, we, if there has to be a what's in it for them, right? There, people don't do things if there's not a benefit to them in, in doing it. So number one for me, what I do is I can only control myself, right? Mm -hmm. I can't control what other people are doing. And so I can do things that are um, trying to get them to see things the way I am because it's, you know, again, I can justify it because it's for their own good and for their own benefit and and their own health. But if they don't, if they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. And so I have to let that go because otherwise it'll drive me crazy and it'll drive other people crazy too. I, you know, I was that person for a long time that was like, oh, you have to, have to, have to do this, 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 and this. And I don't want to be that person. It's like, listen, I live in a healthy lifestyle. If you like what I do and how my life is, I'm happy to talk with you and I'm happy to share with you what I do. If you don't, that's okay too. Everybody gets their choice. But for me, it was letting go of it and understanding what I had control over. And then B, it is doing that. There's some things I won't compromise on, like you said. Um, you, you had to come to a compromise with the laundry soap. There are certain things that I just won't do in, in the home and I, I won't allow and because I live such a toxin-free lifestyle, if he showers with that, I don't take a shower with him. That's one of the things I won't do. And the fan goes on so that when I get in there, I'm not met with that aroma, you know, for myself, but I take care of myself in other ways too. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You know, and it's hard. It's so hard. It seems like are the ones that we love the most and are closest to us are always the last ones to subscribe to our, our thoughts, right? Right. Yeah. Well, this has been wonderful. You've been so much fun to be with today. Tell listeners how they can find you and where they can follow you. You bet. So um, just go to my website. It's amycarlson.com and my name is spelled A-I-M-E-E. C-A-R-L-S-O-N.com. And through there, you can connect with me. I do free 20-minute chats with people. I have a free toxic risk assessment. If you want to take that and see what your exposures are, you can connect into my podcast and also my Facebook, uh, Facebook group through there. So that's the best way. Awesome. I love it. Well, you guys stay tuned. We have another episode coming up in just a minute. 
Hey guys, one of the things that will take your weight loss to the next level is coaching. You can either work one-on-one with me or one of our certified private coaches. If you'd like, you can schedule your free call. It's a 10-minute strategy call just to see if coaching is going to really take you to the next level. The other thing is listening to the audiobook. Listening to the audiobook and getting the video course that I've done, people are seeing dramatic results. If you just listen to the audiobook 30 minutes a day over and over and over again and get the video course, go to ChantelRayWay.com and check out the video course. You won't be sorry you did. And welcome to another episode. I'm so glad you guys are tuning in each and every week. Today, I am so excited because we're going to be talking about a topic today that I really am very interested in learning more. We're hearing more and more about intermittent fasting. And obviously, there are a lot of people out there that have questions about weight loss, what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do, and intermittent fasting is something I'm hearing in many communities, and so I really want to learn more about it and why it's so beneficial for our bodies. We're also going to be talking about uh, fires in a way that maybe you don't think about, and also how Um, There are many biblical references to intermittent fasting and how we can tie in those biblical references to our weight loss journey and our freedom um, from bondage, actually. So our um, guest today, she is an entrepreneur through and through. Wherever she goes, she is creating empires, whether it be a podcast host of I don't even think I can name all the podcasts I saw. Uh, We have Waste Away, Real Life Leadership. She's got Real Estate Podcasts, The Fasting Reset. There's a a whole host of podcasts that she has. She has a real estate company. She has classes that she creates. retreats. She's a coach. Uh, so this, she just creates empires all over. She is also the author of Waste Away, the Chantel Rayway, and uh, some other books as well. So please help me welcome Chantel Ray. I'm so glad that you are here with us today. Thank you so much. It's my honor to be here. Yeah. So in reading, getting us started into the show, you really kind of struggled uh, lifelong with your battle on on weight and self-image. Um, is Did I read that correct? Yeah. I feel like I, in my 20s and 30s, and I basically just ha- had always been a slave to food. And I felt like it would always kind of have a tight grip on me. Mm-hmm. And so I was always just like, okay, I'm, this is, you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do this, I don't do that. Okay. I overeat a little bit. That was kind of, I just kind of got to the point where I was like, this is just, this is my struggle. I can't do anything about it. It is what it is. And, you know, I, what I ended up doing was I interviewed over a thousand women And I asked them, what did you do breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And I realized that no one told me they did intermittent fasting, but they told me they didn't, a lot of them would say, you know, I only eat one meal a day, or I only eat two meals a day, or I only, I start eating at 12 noon and stop at six, right? They never said the word intermittent fasting. But as I started interviewing all these people that weren't in bondage to food, I realized they were doing fasting. They just really didn't know it. 
it's like, they never said, Hey, I do intermittent fasting. But when I really interviewed them and asked them, when did you start eating? They did do intermittent fasting without even knowing it. And yeah, that's, that's so interesting to me that, that people do this without even knowing what it is. And what's interesting too, is that I hear you talking about women who say, well, I only really eat one meal a day. And my mind goes to learning and being trained all growing up that we should eat three square meals a day. And, you know, and if you only ate one meal a day, that that was somehow unhealthy for us. Right. Well, the other thing I did was I actually started reading the Bible because I was like, okay, Mm. let me see what the Bible has to say about eating and food. And I realized that the Bible talks about fasting over 70 times. And then I heard a sermon about fasting. I had attended church my entire adult life without ever hearing the word fasting. I never heard a sermon about it. It wasn't until I was in my 30s that I ever even knew fasting existed in the Bible. And so once I started fasting, I started having, just seeing breakthroughs breakthroughs in my life that I was like, I just want to start fasting more and more. So I'm very passionate about intermittent fasting because that is what has helped me to keep my weight off. And so I'm so grateful for that. But but I'm also really passionate about extended fasting um, as well. I, I and I would love to learn more about this topic. Um, a little bit about my story is uh, food and me have had a love-hate relationship for a long time. And although I never had to worry about weight, it's how that weight is appropriate created on the body, you know, proportioned on the body that that really becomes a problem. And then the, the food choices that I make of being really bad. So I'm really interested in learning more about what you have to say, um, both because I know I, I'd like to know what the difference is between intermittent fasting and what did you call it? Long-term fasting? Yeah. So there's a term now that people want to say. So it's called time restricted eating. And, you know, I kind of say now that that ship has already sailed. People now say, well, no, intermittent fasting is when you fast for more than 24 hours, but that's not true. And for us, everyone knows intermittent fasting is really when you eat in an eight hour window and you fast the rest of the time, or you eat in a 16 hour window and, and fast the rest of the time. Um, but then there's kind of like, prolonged fasting or extended fasting. And people just have different terms for it, but it just really depends on how long are you fasting for? So sometimes people will say, okay, a prolonged fast would be anything more than 24 hours. An extended fast would be anything more than three, three days, but everyone has different terminology. That's what I was saying. Like some people say, it's time restricted eating or, you know, some people call it different terms, but at the end of the day, it really uh, is, you know, how long are you going to fast? And there's, there's magical things that happen in your body when you fast for 24 hours. Then there's another set of magical things that happen in your body for 48 hours, then three days, then five days, then seven days. It just, the benefits are, just amazing. And it, it's, it, the, the longer you can fast, the more health benefits that there are. So like, um, 
I was told that I needed to eat a vegan, you know, lifestyle. And I was, and I was encouraged to do a 72 hour fast, let my kind of digestive system reset and then go into eating the, the way that they, you know, were instructing me to eat. Um, and during that 72 hour fast, like the first, the first 48 hours were pretty okay. I was, you know, not, not too bad, but that last 24 hours was really difficult for me. Um, I got very lightheaded, very weak, you know, definitely wasn't able to do, and I was just doing water. So do you, are there like different fastings that that you have that people do? Yeah. In my book, I talk about in my book, Fasting of Freedom, in my book, Waste Away, that book is really just about intermittent fasting. I don't talk about extended fasting at all. Okay. Fasting of Freedom is really where I talk about going into extended fast, where I, you know, I talk about two-day fast, three-day fast, five-day fast. And the thing is, is that the longer you fast, you it, it's one of those things I call it like couch to 5k. So like if you haven't run at all and you decided to run a half marathon, you would get injured. Like you're going to hurt your Achilles. Something's going to hurt. You're going to, you know, you're not ready for it. Cause you've, you've basically been sitting on your couch and now all of a sudden you're trying to do a, a half marathon. It's not going to work or even sitting on your couch. There's a thing called couch to 5k and it's a running app that teaches you how to go from literally sitting on your couch to now running a 5k. And so I just say like the best thing to do is to try to do it where you go. First, I'm going to start with a 10 hour eating window, you know, if depending on what you're starting with now, then move to an eight hour eating window, then move to a six hour eating window. Now try a 24 hour fast, but you have to build up to it for you to just all of a sudden go from never fasting to trying to do a 24 hour or 48 hour fast. It's just, it's not. It, it's not going to work. It, you're just going to get discouraged. So I kind of have a play-by-play of what you can do. Sounds um, like I needed that book before I tried that 72-hour fast. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and that makes sense. I'm I'm an exercise. I, I actually got into running probably 15 years ago to quit my smoking addiction and it worked very well. And I did the couch to 5K plan. Um, So it makes sense to step into this. So let's talk about the benefits of fasting and what, you know, do you want to talk about like, you know, this kind of window does this. And if you do extended, you know, take it how you would like to address that. Sure. Well, one thing is, is that it really depends what you're looking for. Um, As far as, is it weight loss? Is it growing closer to God? Is it clarity from God? And, you know, I compare the power of fasting to scuba diving. So I live in Virginia Beach. And if you stand on the shore and look at the water, it's literally brownish black. Like it's literally hard to see anything below the surface. But if you have been scuba diving, you know that when you go scuba diving, you can find hidden treasures that you've never been able to see before. There's rare fish and animals and plants that are in the ocean you've never knew about. And so you almost feel like the fish whisperer, right? Because they come close to you and you can see all the coral and the fish. 
And that's what fasting does. Fasting does that for your spirit. Everything comes alive. Your body is hungry when you fast, but your spirit is sharp and everything comes to focus. And so it's kind of like you, it allows you to tune into the voice of God. So I love a radio station called K-Love and it's on 90.7 here in Virginia Beach. But if I drive to Richmond to visit my sister, I can't hear the station anymore. All I get is static. And so that's what happens to us sometimes is like, we don't hear God's voice as well. And so fasting is almost like putting spiritual antennas on your ears and you can tune into God's station and can hear clearly. So that's what I love about fasting for extended fasting. Um, When I talk about fasting for intermittent fasting, like in my book, Waste Away, That is what helped me to get rid of the bondage of food. And so it's, I interviewed all these women and fasting was one piece of the puzzle. So it's not the only piece, but it's one. Um, They taught me how to eat when I was truly hungry. They taught me how to stop before I was full, not when I was full, but before I was full. Um, You know, looking at not having depriving food and not having to be like, you know, I can't have that. I can't have this, you know, Mm -hmm. and just in this deprivation cycle where it would make me feel deprived. Then I would binge, then I would feel guilty. Then I would start the cycle all over again. And so it's just really, um, I just, I'm so grateful for all these women that I've interviewed that it's funny because I had said something, I had put a Facebook post about the fact that I interviewed all these thin women and someone was like, well, I, I don't want to learn from people who have been thin their whole life. I want to learn from someone who had been heavy and then lost the weight. But the truth is, is that's not true. You want to, you want to learn from the skills of someone who they already have these skills. It's not like their metabolism is so great or this is so great. They have the skills that they've never been on a diet. You never want to go on a diet. They have the skills that they know how to eat when they're physically hungry. They know how to stop before they're full. They're not in bondage to food anymore. That's who I wanted to learn from. And so I just got those 10 principles and started writing about them in my book. I love that. So um, what I'm hearing from you is the extended uh, fasting is really a time of really spiritual connectedness. Now, are you finding yourself, and I didn't even tap into any of that. I think I was so in tune to what my body was doing that I couldn't even get beyond that. Um, So I'll have to try that next time. But does a short intermittent time do you, you know do you find yourself having that connection more at that time or is it only in the the longer uh fast you know the the whole thing is is that it's a matter of you know you know the bible mentions over 77 times it says it it says when you fat you know it talks about fasting but it's funny because everyone's like you know, in Matthew six, it talks about when you give and everyone's like, yes, yes, everyone should give. And then it's like, when you pray and everyone's like, yes, yes, everyone should pray. And then it's like, when you fast and people are like fasting, oh yeah, let's skip that part. <laughs> um, so I think that when you do a longer fast, that's when you really see magic happen. But again, I've seen people just 
fast, let's say dinner. So they'll say, I'm not going to eat breakfast. I'm not going to eat lunch. I'm just going to pray during breakfast, pray during lunch, and then I'll eat dinner. And again, it's a matter of what are you doing during that time that you're not eating, right? So if during that time that you're not eating, if you're drawing strength from God and every religion out there that I know of has some sort of fasting incorporated into their religion Mm -hmm. because it's a matter of saying, okay, God, I'm sacrificing eating this food so I can use that time to spend with you. So it doesn't have to be days and days, Mm -hmm. but it has to be a matter of like, if you're just doing intermittent fasting and saying, okay, I'm just going to eat in a 12, 12 hour, I mean, a 12 to six and eat in a six hour window. If you're not using the time that you're fasting to spend it with God, then it's not going to be as powerful. And two, like someone like me, for me to eat in a six hour window, that's nothing. That's what I do every single day. I I eat it from 12 to six almost every day. So for me to do that is there's no sacrifice there. There's no reliance on God there. It's not like I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, I need to pray to make it till 12 o'clock. Like that's easy for me. So that wouldn't be drawing me closer to God if I was doing that. So for me personally, but for someone else, like if they're used to eating every two hours and now they're just going to eat one meal at night, that would be a sacrifice because they're, they're skipping their breakfast and spending time. So does that make sense? Yep. Yep. That makes sense. And I, and I love the spiritual aspect in this and, you know, and learning different ways that we can draw closer to God and especially in today's world, right? Um, anything that we can do that, that really ties us closer to him, I think is, is such a powerful thing. Yeah, it really is. And the thing is, is that when you have a stronghold to food in your life, which I did, right? Mm -hmm. Fasting truly freed me from that bondage. And there's a passage in the Bible where where the disciples tried to get a demon out of a child Mm -hmm. and they couldn't do it. And they were like, we can't do it. We can't do it. Jesus comes in and he says, this kind you can only get out with fasting and prayer. And I believe that there are some strongholds in our lives that we cannot get rid of on our own. And in my fasting, fasting to freedom book, I talk about all the different reasons we fast. I have an acronym called hope and the H stands for healing and hearing. So if we need to heal our body or hear from God, The O stands for overcoming difficult times. Like if you just are in a really hard time, then you should be fasting. Um, And P stands for provision and protection. And then E stands for enslaving sins. And so um, there's there's a passage that's in Isaiah and he talks about loosing the chains of injustice and untying the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. And it just talks about, it's like, that's what you want. You want to break the yoke of that stronghold that you just can't seem to beat on your own power. Ah, that is so, so, so good. And, you know, now that we, we speak of it, when I did that fast in, in, uh, in December, the, my sweet tooth has really been diminished. And I, I, 
I've not really tied the two together. So there's something that was, you know, happening in there where I just have not craved the sweets like I, I did before, um, you know, doing that 72 hour fast. So that's, that's pretty cool. So let's talk about um, what about the the physical. So we're talking about the emotional and spiritual, which I think is huge. You know, part of our healing and part of our our journey. But what about the physical side? What are we seeing on the physical aspects when we do our fasting? Yeah. So for me personally, um, for my hormones, I've realized that. I can't do a fast between certain times of the month, even as skilled of a faster as I am. So that makes a really big difference. Guys and girls, it's different. If you're a guy, you just have a little bit more leeway to be able to fast and make it easier. For me, I know that days one through 15 are harder days for me to fast. Day 15, if I want to do an extended fast, I want to do it between day 15 and day like 21 or 22. So I don't want to fast, like try to fast the week before your period. Just forget it. I mean, you're just going to chop somebody's head off. I already (laughs) am like eating. I eat, I literally, I would say I probably eat at least one and a half times the amount that I normally eat the week before my period. I just definitely eat a little bit more than normal. I mean, I just do. I'm just more hungry. I just feel more ravenous. I just, my hormones want me to eat more food. So during that week, and maybe 1.5 is extreme. I probably don't eat that much more, but you know, at least probably 25% more than I normally do for sure. That's just not the time for me to fast. So I definitely pay attention to my hormones and look at that time of the month of what's the best time for me to fast and then also get a prompting from God to fast and also get a buddy. Like if I don't have a friend to fast with, even to this day, I like will recruit some people to do it with. I think it's just too hard to do it on your own. And the key is you have to spend time with God. Like if you don't, you're, you, you have to fill up. Um, you know, it's funny cause I have, if you go to chantelrayway.com slash worship, I have these amazing worship songs on there that are really, really wonderful. And what I do is instead of eating, I just play one of those songs. And, and there's a song on there that I absolutely love. And it's called, um, uh, fill me up. Okay. And it's so good because it's all about how God can truly fill you up. I mean, it's really amazing. So it's just, it's wonderful. I love that. I love that you've got some worship songs on there and I'm going to make sure that I tune into that and, and um, get that posted up so that others can tune in into it as well. Um, So do you find, like I've heard of things of like autophagy, um, yeah. Being thrown around when we talk about intermittent fasting or fasting. Is that something that you're well versed in and what yeah. that means? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I'll tell you a story and then I'll I'll kind of tell you what that means in just a second. So one of my friends literally they had an Achilles injury and they could not 
figure it out. Like they were like, I can't, you know, I can't, my body just won't heal. And they said that basically he did a five day fast and he literally, his Achilles was better than what he, before he even had the injury. And so it, it's, it's autophagy is the body's way of cleaning out damaged cells in order to regenerate newer, healthier cells. So the word auto means self and the word phagy means to eat. So, so it's like autophagy, right? Is basically the word meaning self-eating. And it's also referred to as like self-devouring. But the bottom line is, is that it's recycling and cleaning all at the same time. It's like hitting a reset button for your body. And it's just so powerful. So, you know, right now, especially with people worried about their immune system, you know, yes, they're buying all this stuff and buying all these supplements and doing all these different things. Well, I'm going to tell you, God has created a detox system that's better than any other, like it's better than juicing. It's better than anything. Mm -hmm. It's completely do a water fast and it's completely free. Mm -hmm. So, but I do realize that it, it's hard. Like it's definitely not easy. And I, in my book, I talk about crutch drinks and different things that you can do to make it easier. So like one of the things that's really important is sodium. Cause a lot of times people think I'm going to fast, I'm going to fast. And then they drink all this water and they drink water, 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 water. Well, the problem is, is that your body is going to be excreting out that sodium. So while you're sitting there, you know, drinking too much water, now all of a sudden you're asking, why do I not feel good? And you're like, oh, I feel so, so bad. And people don't realize you actually can die from drinking too much water. Like I, I was actually at a marathon run one time and somebody died from drinking too much water. They flush. If you flush all the salt out of your body, you can go into cardiac arrest. Yes. And so, you know, that's a big thing is that when you're fasting, your body's already excreting a lot of sodium out. So one of the things that I do when I'm fasting is I'll take if I'm feeling weak, I might take a teaspoon of, of um, pickle juice, just mm-hmm. the juice from the pickle. Um, I'll take uh, salt and put it on my fa- my palm of my hand and literally just lick it just like that. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm back to life again, you know, because a lot of times that's what the big thing is, is that your your electrolytes are low and and truthfully really just having that sodium is what will really just kind of take you to the next level to be able to make you go longer. Well, and that, that makes sense. I just, you know, my mom just having her surgery, one of the things that we were noticing in her labs because they were having her drink so much water, it was a kidney transplant, is her sodium dived on her. And so they were like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, we need to back off. And then they wanted her having like 3,000 milligrams of sodium a day to just help increase the the sodium intake. So that makes sense that you can drink too much water. We always hear that drinking water is so, so very good for us, but there's a healthy balance, right? Yeah. And, and some of the symptoms of low sodium levels include headaches, lightheadedness, dizziness, fatigue. Um, and so, 
you know, if you're feeling, you know, any of those things while you're fasting, it's probably likely due to one of two things. One is caffeine withdrawal. And so if you've cut out caffeine, that's another big one. Mm -hmm. So obviously when you're fasting, if you want to do a real water fast where you're cutting out caffeine, you've got to wean yourself off of that caffeine before. A week and ahead of time. So if you're normally drinking two cups, you got to bring it down to one cup, then three quarters of a cup, then half a cup, then what, you know what I mean? Like literally wean yourself off if you want to do that or just do black coffee and water. But you most likely the people who I see have headaches are either because they have a caffeine withdrawal or because they have an electrolyte deficiency. With and sugar, so, would, it, would a sugar withdrawal cause the headaches too? Yeah, yeah. And and the other piece is it's all about getting your body adjusted mm-hmm. to being in a fat burning versus a sugar burning state. And so, you know, you can, your body is, you're either going to be a sugar burner or you're going to be a fat burner, right? And so- If your body is so used to going to glucose for fuel, then you're going to have a hard time because it's going to be like, wait a minute, there's no glucose there. What am I going to do? Right. (sighs) And most people, right, you're burning carbs for for fuel, like sugar and glucose. So Mm -hmm. if you are a fat burner, that means that you are going, once your body gets into ketosis, right? your body is going to fat for fuel instead of sugar for fuel. And so um, one of the analogies I always give people is this. I say, okay, if I have $80 in my pocket right now and I want to buy something for $50, I'm just going to pull the $80 out and here you go. I'm not going to drive to the bank to go get the money because I already have that money in my pocket. It's the exact same thing with your body. The, you, the money in your pocket is glucose. And then the money in the bank is your fat. So if you, if you have glucose in your body, it's going to first use the glucose that you have. If you don't have any glucose, it's forced to go to the bank which is now your fat storage. And so that's why fasting is so powerful because it literally says, okay, I don't have any money in my pocket. I don't have any glucose. I got to go eat the fat. And that's why it's so powerful. And is that the state of, is that the state of ketosis when, when it's doing that it's going, it's switching from being the, the sugar burning to the fat burning? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, Go ahead. Uh, So basically ketosis is a metabolic process. So when your body doesn't have enough glucose for energy, it burns the store's fats. Then once it's doing that, that results in a buildup of acids called ketones within the body. So people, they, you can, you can get ketosis. That's why they call it the keto diet, right? Right. Because there's no glucose there. So it then has to, to do that. But a lot it's funny that people don't realize that they think oh fasting isn't ketosis but it is because ketosis just means when your body doesn't have enough glucose for energy it burns the fat stores and once it does that it results in a buildup of acids called ketones 
within the body. And so that's why you can measure those ketones with like urine sticks and stuff like that. Okay. So then um, how long does it take us to get our body into a state of ketosis or is that different for different people? Right. And that it absolutely is. It's it's basically what they say, and no, no one can answer this question. So if anyone says, oh, I can answer this question, they'd be lying because <laughs> physically impossible to say. But people say that it could take anywhere from one to three weeks to get your body into a fat burning state. But the the truth is nobody can really know. You, you, you will know that you kind of have gotten there because it's easier to do it, right? Like people who fast, people who fast, they realize, okay, well, you start going, okay, this is not that bad, right? Like for me, my body is so used to running to fat for fuel that it doesn't bother me. So that's when you have to get to that place where you you will know yourself. Some people, they do it one day, two days, they're fat adapted. That's what it's called. Like the term that everyone use is, are you fat adapted? Have you heard of that, that word or that term? I have not. I have not. And I'm really quite intrigued by all of this because I have been told, and I know this has probably nothing to do with fat adaptive, but that my body does not process fat. So. It basically means is that your body can burn fat instead of carbs or glucose for energy, and it's easy. Like it, it's fat adapted means your body has reached a state in which it's more effectively burns fat for energy. Okay, that's so then, all that means. It just means it's easier. It's like easier. I'm fat adapted. It's just easier for me, for my body to. It just as soon as it goes, okay, I need energy. And it's so used to going to glucose, 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 then as soon as it now has to go to fat, it's harder for it to do it because it's not fat adapted. And so some people, some people say, um, if you want to be fat adapt, you know, fat adaptation can take four weeks, three weeks, 12 weeks. I mean, people say it's all over the map, right? Okay. But the, the truth is, is that it's just it's all based on your body and you will know when you're fat adapted because it's just, it's a, the key to, when you're doing the fasting, it shifts that balance to favor fat burning. Okay. So do you feel like, um, so I think maybe that's what they're trying to tell me when they say your body doesn't, you, you know, process fat is just meaning that my body is not adaptive and using the fat, I'm going to the sugar. So I'm in that right. state where I'm, 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 I'm still digging in the pocket. I haven't gotten to the bank yet. <laughs> so, That's exactly right. You awesome. got it. So, um, do you feel like for you, where you say my, your body is very much going to the bank, it's, it's skipped the pocket altogether. So does that create, like, do you feel like you have more energy? Um, there's things that are, are, you're not having the cellulite in your body, the fat pockets, you know, waist, hips, that type of thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I really have any cellulite on my body. <sighs> I don't have any. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, so, I'm going to be you. <laughs> 
Yeah. I don't, I don't have any, well, one, I do a lot of weightlifting. Okay. So I, I do lift a lot of weights. Um, and you know, the thing is, is that the more you get into just, even for me now, if I tend to eat a lot of sugar, so, so even though I do a lot of fasting, I definitely love to have sweet, I have a sweet tooth. And so I try to make a lot of my own stuff. So I'll make it with honey and all natural things and I don't eat chemicals. So I'm really like, I eat a very organic diet. I mean, I, I eat very well, but I do like my sweets. And so I've noticed though, even for me, who I am fat adapted, if I start, you know, maybe it's Christmas time and I'm eating more sweets than normal. It's harder for me to fast. So, so even within somebody's own journey, if you're having too much sugar, mm-hmm. it's, it's now going back to its old ways. It's going, it's going, okay, I'm going to go to the pocket. Cause it's like, I've got that glucose. I've got that glucose. So it really also matters of what you're eating when you're eating in your window of right. making sure that you're just not having so much carbs. Like I, do, I don't count my carbs. I don't count my sugars. I don't do any of that. But I also know that when, when, eat, when I'm talking with these women and I've interviewed all of them, all of them would say, I do watch amount of sugar I eat. I don't, I have some sugar, but I don't go crazy on it. And so, you know, even the Bible talks about, you know, eating too much honey is going to make you sick, right? Yeah. Well, and I've already, my sugar, I'm like you, um, I, I tend to, if I need to sweeten something, it's going to be with maple syrup, date syrup, um, you know, something, honey, those type of things, you know, pure organic honey versus white processed sugar. I, you know, that's just inflammation in the body waiting to happen. So, well, if you're um, like me and you and you have a sweet tooth, then I have Proverbs 25, 16 memorized in like three different versions. It's, it's like, if you find honey just enough, too much will make you vomit. Do you like honey? Don't eat too much or it'll make you sick. It's like, have you found honey? Eat only what you need. Anything in excess, you'll vomit it. I mean, you know, it's like, you just have to have that memorized because I have to remind myself, okay, Chantel, even though it's honey and it even says honey, like it's just have just enough. I love that because it says, this is the NIV. It says, if you find honey, eat just enough, too much of it. And you'll, you will vomit, which I think it means you're going to get sick. Like it is going to hurt your body. So just, just eat only enough. And, and that's what every one of those thin eaters have told me. Yeah. Which makes complete sense. So let's talk about, um, so fasting we've heard takes our body from from burning the glucose over to the fat, which is going to be overall so much healthier for us. Is there a time frame? Well, we talked about that, that every body is a little bit different, you know, to get to that ketosis state. So you just have to kind of be in tune with what your body's doing. And there's a urine test that you can do that will actually test your urine to know when your body's in that state, right? 
Yes, absolutely. It's a little strip. Okay. What and then if someone's on like, they say, see, like if someone wants to do a keto diet, right? Um, which I'm not a fan of the keto diet. I, I feel like I don't want to be in bondage to counting how much carbs I'm eating. But what they say for a keto diet is that if you eat fewer than 50 grams of carbs per day, mm-hmm. then they say it could take anywhere from two to four days to enter into ketosis where you like pee on the stick or something like that. Okay. Um, so, or you could, you know, I would say, I think I've done like, a 24 hour fast, or I sometimes like, even for the same person, like I know I've done a 24 hour fast and then sometimes I could pee on a stick and I wouldn't be in ketosis or maybe a 48, you know, it just depends. It all depends on what did you eat for your last meal? Right. How much did you eat for your last meal? So it's just, there's so many different variables that come into play. Okay. So, and then um, let me ask about one last thing on autophagy is what are the benefits? I mean, we talked about autophagy and what that is, is kind of a cleaning out of, you know, getting the bad cells out so that we can replace with the good healthy cells. So is there a, a time frame there? And is that just like ketosis? It's different for everybody where you, you really have benefit if you can do you know, a 24 hour fast is going to help get your body into that state or, you know, what is it that we want to be looking for there? Yeah, absolutely. So again, this is something where I would say as far as fat burning, I I have a chart in my book and where he talks about where the time frame that you're burning the most fat um, is between the 18 hour and 24 hour mark. It kind of is like this graph. So it's like, if you want to look, um, that's why I love to do like a 24 hour fast, um, several times a week, sometimes once a week, sometimes twice a week. It just depends. But 24 hour fasts are really great, um, for that. Um, and then again, it also depends on like, are you exercising, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're exercising, then you're um, kind of really depleting all of um, all of your glucose levels. But when it comes to autophagy, it's kind of like the, another analogy I like to say is like, if you think of your body as like a kitchen, Okay. And so after making a meal, like you clean up the counter, you throw away the leftovers um, and the next day you have like a clean kitchen. But if you think about if you, if you had with the kitchen and you had left some stuff on the counter and you just like let it leave out there, it's going to be like, there's food fermentation. It's kind of nasty smells waiting out there. And so the biggest thing with autophagy is, is like, if it's perfectly clean, you're not putting anything in your body. People don't realize how much work it is for some, for your body to digest your food. Mm-hmm. So if now your body isn't going to digest your food, it now is able to go to the other parts of your body to be able to heal those 
parts of your body, you know? Mm. And so I think that the biggest thing is, is that, um, you know, people want to do these juice cleanses and this sort of thing. If you want to cleanse your cells and reduce inflammation, it's all about how do you get your body into that water state and just giving it water and electrolytes. I love that. I love that because, you know, if the body is so concentrated on digesting the food, it, yeah, it just makes absolute perfect sense for that. So we're learning how um, fasting, not only is it great for our body and the, and the healing and repairing and restructuring of the body, but also the spiritual side of the body. I know we talked a little bit about FIRES. You have an acronym. You're, you're, I, I'm hearing from you as we go through this interview, you really like acronyms, you know, hope. <laughs> we talked about hope, but tell us about um, FIRES or do you want them to find that in the book? I mean, that's, that's okay too. Um, yeah, I can give them, I can give them to you. Okay. Um, so F is stands for fast on a regular basis. And then I talk about all the ways to do that. I is to identify true hunger. And that sounds easy, but it's not. <laughs> because <laughs> most people who are reading the book, they don't, they never let them get themselves get hungry. And they are eating for so many other reasons. So how to identify what their true hunger is, is really important. The R is to just reduce sugar because, you know, like we talked about, I'm a firm believer in having sweets. I love them. I have them. I don't deprive myself, but I don't go crazy with it because doing eating too much sugar is going to have you gain weight. And then the E stands for enjoying real food without deprivation and learning how you can balance that because it's like, it is a real balancing act to learn how to eat everything that you truly want and without having any deprivation. Because the minute you feel deprived, it's going to end up in a binge and that's a problem. Right. And then the S is stop before you're full and learning how to do that is another piece that is, is, you know, I have a video course and the reason why I really suggest people getting the video course is because in the video course, like you'll see one of the girls that I go out to eat with. Cause I literally go out to eat with them and you watch them eat. So here, this was, you know, a while ago, but when, when she's putting her spoon in her mouth, she has, if you look at the spoon, I actually have one right here. She has half of the spoon filled with soup. While when I had my soup, when I was first in her, my soup was overflowing. Like I had it completely full, yeah. but that's like a technique that you'll learn that like, she's not even filling the whole thing up with soup. She's only putting half. She's having a bite. She's now setting it down. And those are the things you'll learn, but you only learn it by the people who I see have the best results are when they're listening to the audiobook like four and five times, because it's just listening to it over and over and over again. And then they are watching the video course over and over again, because it's it doesn't just happen instantly. You can't just read the book one time and then it's, you didn't get yourself here from just a one-time fix. So you are retraining your body over the years of how to change 
what you're doing. And it's a process. I love it. And so much help that you have available to those that want to learn how to be free from the bondage that food holds over so many of us. So we've got Fasting for Freedom is one of your books that you have, as well as Waste Away the Chantal Ray Way. And then you just talked about a video course that you offer and some coaching. Where can our listeners find that? Yep. It's all at ChantelRayWay.com. And I also have a new Bible study called Freedom from Food. And that's actually a six-week Bible study course that people can do. I encourage people to do it with a group. You can do it on Zoom. Obviously, now people aren't doing in-home Bible studies because of COVID-19, but you know they can do it. You can just all buy the book, do it together, get together once a week, have that accountability. It's really phenomenal. I love that. And are there other ways that you want people to connect with you? Are you on social media? In any- yeah, we have a Facebook group um, called Waste Away Through Intermittent Fasting. Okay. And so through our Facebook group, or you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm under Chantel Ray on some of them, and Chantel Ray Finch is my married name. Okay. So some of them have Chantel Ray, and some have Chantel Ray Finch. Awesome. Any final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with to wrap this all up? I think the biggest thing is that, you know, when it comes to fasting, it's, you know, it's a process and it, it takes time. And so the longer you can say to yourself, okay, this is, you know, this is something that is a bondage for most people. And, you know, I love Proverbs 23, which says, when you sit to dine with a ruler, note well is before you and put a knife to your throat if you're given to gluttony. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in Proverbs, it says for drunkards and gluttons become poor and drowsiness uh, clothes them in rags. And so the Bible puts gluttons, overeaters and drunkards in the same class. And I think that as people, we kind of go, well, well, I'm not a drunkard or I'm not this or I'm not that, but we don't mind gluttony one bit. Mm-hmm. And just because if you're listening to this and your struggle is with food, then I really think fasting is the way to go to try to help get that bondage away. And again, it's a long process. It's fasting one time. It's not going to do it. It's, you've got to just read the book. You've got to saturate your mind over and over again with God's word to kind of break you from that bondage. Oh, I love that. And thank you so much for incorporating the word of God into um, our ability to break free from that bondage and, and incorporate the Bible study, you know, into all of this. Not only do we have physical things that we can do, but we can tie in that spiritual nature. So thank you for sharing with our audience, Chantel. I am really excited for them to get their hands on your book and your studies and, and your Bible study. Thank you. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you I'm offering a free weight loss virtual Bible study. Now is the perfect time to focus on understanding true hunger and fullness and learn what the Bible has to say about it. 
All you have to do is go to ChantelRayWay.com slash Bible study. After you sign up, you'll receive a six week Bible study video that you can watch on your own, or you can get a small group of people and do it together. That's ChantelRayWay.com slash Bible study for your free six week Bible study. Course. Hey guys, welcome to today's show. And we are so excited. We have Amy Carlson with us. She has a podcast called the Toxin Terminator podcast, which is amazing. You've got to go download that right away. And um, today we are just talking about how to get better health and getting by getting rid of those hidden toxins. And so a lot of times people have this chronic disease and they don't realize that a lot of it can be done by removing those hidden toxins and coming up with safe alternatives. If you are listening to this show, you have to go to our YouTube channel, the Wasteway YouTube channel and watch it because we're going to actually teach you how to make your own non-chemical cleaners. We're going to talk about hand sanitizer. We're going to talk about, we're going to show you how to make these chemical, non-chemical cleaners, the fabric softeners, and some perfumes. So welcome today, Amy. I'm so glad to have you with us. Oh, Chantelle, it's such an honor to be back again. I love this topic and love being able to show people how to you know, we don't have to give stuff up just to be natural. We don't have, and and these are going to be some recipes to share to show you how you can do all the things you need to do in your home without having all those harsh chemicals affecting your body. Yeah. So in my family, it's so funny because I talk about chemicals so much. So a lot of times I talk about it with food though. And so I'll talk with my son. And so he'll say, He'll say, oh, that's Chemical City. I know I can't have it because I, my, my phrase that I always say, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Chemical City. Are you kidding me? Forget it. So that's kind of the term I always use in my house. So we're going to talk about non-Chemical City uh, cleaners here. So let's start with just an all-purpose cleaner. How do you make it? What do you do? How hard is it? Sure. So... Let's talk about, you know, an all-purpose cleaner is really something that you're going to use in your home. We want to think about, you know, wiping down the kitchen countertops, uh, wiping down the bathroom sinks and countertops, wiping out the the, um, showers. This is your all-purpose cleaner. It's going to do everything for you. So I happen to use a brand called um, Thieves Household Cleaner, and then I just grab, it's highly concentrated, I put a cap full into an empty bottle, fill the rest with water, and put a spray bottle, a spray nozzle on it. And now I have my all-purpose cleaner that's going to clean everything in my home from floors to countertops to windows, mirrors, all of it I can do with that one thing. Now... You may say, well, and we'll send, we'll put the link for that where where they can find that in the show notes. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you don't have Thieves Household Cleaner, which I don't know why you wouldn't, but if you don't, um, you can easily make up a household cleaner with vinegar, hydrogen peroxide, and water. If you want to add some lemon into it, lemon is great. Just a fresh squeezed lemon. Shake that up. Put some warm water in it. You'll shake it every time you use it. That is a fantastic um, everyday cleaner that you can use in your home uh, that's chemical free and going to do exactly the same thing as well. So how long is that bottle going to last you? Oh my gosh, these, it's a cap full at a time and these will last me, oh my, six months 
or better. And we, we go back and forth between homes. So um, I've got a funny story. If you don't, if yeah. you don't mind me sharing, I have um, a housekeeper, you know, down here in Arizona. And when she first started, she was not going to touch this. It was no, 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 no. I have my own stuff. And I'm like, well, if you're going to clean in my house, this is what you're going to use because I don't want those harsh chemicals in my house. And she just wanted to argue with me. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have to find a new housekeeper. Finally got her to use it. And so she started on one end of the house and came and got me after she had done a couple of rooms. And as we're walking down the hallway, she's like, I just love your cleaner. I didn't think I was going to like it because there's a lot of natural stuff out there that we don't like. And she's like, it took all the stuff out of the toilet. It took every, all of the, you know, um, water marks and everything. She's like, I just couldn't believe how well it worked. So that's just a testimonial from somebody who's not using, you know, the product every day. That's awesome. Now, some people like the smell of thieves and some people don't. And so I've seen people who've taken that thieves and then they've added their own essential oils Mm-hmm. to it to kind of change the smell to make it a little bit nicer. So one of the things, I, I don't love the smell of these. I think it smells okay. But one of the things I've done is added some orange because I love citrus. Mm-hmm. So I'll add some of the orange essential oils into it. And then I love it. Have you ever seen anyone do that? All the time. So the Thieves Cleaner has a combination of rosemary, eucalyptus, lemon, clove. Um, I think those are it for the essential oils. So some of those rosemary is not the best scented oil if you you know smell it by itself. So to combined, it has almost a spicy scent to it uh, with the clove in it. But I get it. In another one that I see people adding, they'll add additional citrus oils into it. But you could add pine in there. A lot of people like the scent of pine for cleaning. You know, Mm -hmm. we get that from the Lysol pine and pine salt, you know, days. Or um, peppermint. Peppermint Mm. essential oil is actually got very good cleaning qualities to it. Um, In fact, on the farms, the Young Living Farms, it's the peppermint oil they use to clean the vats of the distilleries. Wow. I love that. Okay. And then how many drops would they add of whether they decided to do pine or orange? How many extra are they going to add in there? And what are the other ingredients that are in that thieves? Um, Great question. So the household cleaner... Let me see if my ingredients are listed on here. Sure are. So we have water. We have alcohol, polyglucoside, sodium methyl sulfate, not the SLS. You have um, clove oil, lemon oil. You have a tetrasodium glutamate. And I think that's what makes it um, suds, if I'm not mistaken on that. A cin- cinnamon oil. I forgot about that one and rosemary and uh, eucalyptus oils. Got it. Okay. So, so what in there makes it where it's actually kind of taking the germs? What's the ingredient that's really kind of the most antibacterial that's kind of really cleaning those surfaces? Your clove, your cinnamon, your lemon essential oils. Mm -hmm. High, high antibacterial, anti 
you know, microbial properties in, in those essential oils. So it's the addition of those essential oils that are really making it a great all-purpose cleaner for you. Now, so if they wanted to make their own, then mm -hmm. what would be the exact formula that they would do to make an all-purpose cleaner on their own? You know, that's a great question because I don't get the actual you know, uh, uh, percentages of what's what in here. I have no idea about that. So all I can say is you're going to have to play with it. Hydrogen peroxide is a great sanitizer disinfectant. Mm -hmm. Vinegar is a great sanitizer disinfectant. So, you know, put those in with water, add your essential oils to, you know, to what you, you like. But again, your citrus oils, your clove, your cinnamon, huge antibacterial uh, properties to it, especially when working with the kitchen. Um, so I would say in a bottle this size, which is um, 14 ounces, most bottles that you can buy at the store, for instance, are going to be anywhere from 16 to 20 ounces. So I would say you're going to want to have 10 to 20 drops of each essential oil within your mix. Yeah. And, and you're, I'm sorry, if you're mixing essential oils with any kind of liquid, uh, water, vinegar, anything like that, put a pinch of Epsom salts in with it because that will help it stay dispersed within the water. And again, you, you want to shake that. But oil and water don't mix. We need to do something with that water so that they, they'll mix better. And Epsom salts uh, certainly help that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I make some... I can make some all-purpose cleaner at home. And I, I I usually use like half a cup water, half mm -hmm. a cup Castile soap, like that Dr. Bronner's soap. Mm -hmm. And then I'll do half a cup of white vinegar. Mm -hmm. And um, then I put a ton of essential oils. What I've learned is the thing is I hate the smell of vinegar. And so vinegar has such a powerful smell. And so a lot of what happens is I've seen people do with these DIYs is they will put the vinegar and then some, some are as easy as like a cup of water and a cup of vinegar and then essential oils. Well, people are like, oh, I can't stand the smell. And then because a lot of these recipes that you see on DIY are all like five drops of essential oils, six drops of essential oils. When I make my cleaner, my home cleaners at home, I put up anywhere from 40 to 60 drops of essential oil. And then it smells amazing. And you can just, like you said, all those ones that you mentioned are so good. And yeah. then you'll actually like it. Because if I can still smell the vinegar, I don't like it anymore. Right. And that's a, you know, it's a personal preference with it. But I can tell you, for getting the property of the oil, we're not talking scent here. You know, your, your scent is your personal preference, but just to get the cleansing property of the essential oil in anywhere from a 16 to a 20 ounce, uh, 40, 20 to 40 total drops of an essential oil. So your combination, if you're using clove and cinnamon and citrus oils, 20, 40 maximum, I wouldn't even say 40, you're going to get exactly the properties you need out of 20 drops of oil. So the additional that you're adding is for your scent preferences that you want in there. Uh, essential oils are extremely powerful 
in the and what happens with all of us out in, in society is we think more is better. Um, you know, so if I add more, it's going to do more for me. And that's not always the case for the actual property of the essential oil using a limited amount. You're better off to use if you're using it physically to use minimal amounts of essential oils more frequently throughout the day than more essential oils only once a day. Yeah. And one of the things I've heard about the thieves is that the ratio of like the one cap of thieves cleaner, let's say like you just want like a light decreasing Mm -hmm. ratio, Mm -hmm. then you could put like one cap to like three cups of water. But then let's say you say, look, I need to start really cleaning. You know, I, I need to clean the toilets and, you know, I need more, you know, on the floors, it's kind of greasy. Then maybe you do one cap to two cups of water or like if you say, look, I got stains on the carpet, I need to do, like, do you kind of have your own ratio, yes. like one cap to three cups of water or and one right cup? On, yep. And right on the back of it, for instance, it'll say most cleaning application, it's one part to 30 parts water. For heavy degreasing, it's one part to 15 parts. For light degreasing, it's one to 50. For glass, it's one to 50 to 100. The more thieves household cleaner you get in there, it's not always the better, depending on the surface you're cleaning. It can get almost filmy like if you've got too much in it because you've got too much cleaner in there. So there is there is ratios right on the bottle to help guide you through that. When I'm cleaning toilets, I honestly, I will take one capful and just dump it right in the toilet. Let it sit while I clean the rest of the bathroom, then come back and clean that. I don't even mix it water. I just put one capful in there and and call it good. Um, There's lots of different things that you can do, which leads me to say, like, I don't know, yeah, my, my, my microphone might be covering it up, but I've got a glass top stove behind me. Sometimes you get stains on that and then you can't clean them off, even if I mix it a heavier uh, concentration. So just taking plain old baking soda, and then you add in a capful at a time to your baking soda to make it a paste. I like to make it like a peanut butter consistency. Then I can take a, a, a wash rag, get a little bit on it, and I use that to clean the surface and it cleans it right off. Mm, love it. Um, what about glass cleaner? So if you're going to use, if you need like to really have, you have a glass table, you want it to look good. What are you going to use for that? Again, I use this for everything. Um, so it's just, it's the one capful to, to the whole bottle cleans my glass very well. I don't have any films. There's lots of things that you can do for glass. Um, if you still get newspaper, you can use plain old newspaper on your glass surfaces. It shines it right up and takes all of the streaks right out. Mm-hmm. Um, again, vinegar and water is a great combination for a, a glass cleaner if you can handle the scent you know, of the vinegar. That's certainly an, uh, something that you have to think about. Um, there's a uh, non-chemical, there's the Norwex cloth that you just use water. They've got an actual uh, cloth that's for glass um, that is fantastic to use to clean off uh, glass surfaces. Yeah, I make my own glass cleaner and I, I can do uh, one cup of rubbing alcohol, one cup of water, and then one tablespoon of vinegar, and then um, 
again, the, the problem with it is, is the smell, if you yep. can stand the smell of it. Now, do you add essential oils to your glass cleaner? You can't. I see, yeah, essential oils, even though they're not a fatty oil. So when we think of oil, we think of a fatty oil, right? That's going to leave like coconut oil, olive oil would leave a shiny surface on our skin. When you use an essential oil, right away, it has kind of a shiny surface on your skin, on your hands, but it gets soaked in. But I find when I add essential oils to, for instance, glass mirrors, that there is just a streak. If I have an essential oil, it just leaves a streak. So I don't like that. The rubbing alcohol is a great um, thing to add. Just even rubbing alcohol and water alone are fantastic for glass and mirror type surfaces without getting the streak in them. Yeah. And that's why um, that Thieves is so good if you can use that with the, because then it, it smells good but it's not leaving that streak. So why, why with the thieves, it's not, if you're using it on your glasses, it not leaving the streak? Well, first of all, you, it's, it's in a solution. So it's not just, you know, all these essential oils that I've added to, you know, a solution and then I've diluted it down. So Mm -hmm. when you've got it combined with the other ingredients and you've diluted it down, you know, then it doesn't make the streaks. Yeah. It's not going to make the streaks. Now on glass, again, sometimes I do have to take it a little bit further diluted down than even just the normal everyday, um, you know, household, you know, cleaner, because again, if you find there's streaks left behind, you're using too much product. Uh, it's the same thing with our dishwasher. If you have, um, film left behind, you're using too much product in your dishwasher. That's why you're getting the film left behind. Awesome. What else are we going to make today? So I talked about the heavy duty um, cleaner and you can add additional lemon thieves, you know, essential oil. You can add into them to make them, you know, smell the way that you want to smell. There's also I'm not, you know, making it right now. I talked about the, the scrub. Um, I think we're good on the cleaner. Let's go to the laundry room. I love okay. the laundry room because okay. the laundry room is some of our, our highest toxic chemicals are found in the laundry room. They're so full of fragrances. There's actually scientific studies that have been done where they've swabbed dryer vents and they found over 25 volatile organic, organic compounds, meaning they're dangerous to our bodies um, in the dryer vents. So what can we do that we don't, we still want our clothes to have a scent. We, we've grown so accustomed to clean clothes equals some sort of scent, right? So what we can do, number one, is get rid of the dryer sheets. Those are so, so bad for you. If you've got any kind of skin sensitivities, neurosensitivities, you want to ditch those right away. Switch over to wool dryer balls. Um, If you have problems with static, you can put little safety pins in them. That's going to help minimize that. Lower your dryer setting. Don't dry it as long. That will also help with static clean. But to get the scent, I just take a little two-ounce spray bottle and I like to fill it with a little pinch of Epsom salts. I add water, distilled water in here and then I'll add about 10-15 drops of a citrus oil because I find those very refreshing, uplifting. So I love orange, 
I love one that's called Citrus Fresh. It smells so good. Grapefruit is fantastic. And then all I do is take my dryer ball and I'm gonna give it some sprays. And I get that nice and wet, throw it in the dryer. Oh, it smells amazing. <laughs> How many sprays? So you're, act, you're also adding Epsom salt in there, just a pinch. What is that doing by adding the Epsom salt? The Epsom salt helps the oil stay dispersed in the water instead of separating. Mm, okay. So say that formula one more time. So you take a pinch, like you're saying maybe like an eighth of a teaspoon, something like that. Yeah. On my recipes, I like eyeball stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a pinch. Grab in there and grab a pinch. So yeah, probably an eighth of a teaspoon. You don't need a lot. Okay. Uh, you know, eighth of a teaspoon. Stick it in there. This is just a two ounce bottle. You can make it. You in can a get those bottle. on Amazon. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and they come in packs. And they're cheap. They're cheap. They're dirt cheap. And listen, ladies. You can put your toner in a in a spray bottle and spray it on a cotton pad instead of just pouring it onto a cotton pad. It'll make your toner last longer. Lots of things that you can yeah, use. Yeah, I'll put the Amazon link that I have for that in the yep. show notes as well. So just um, 10, 15 drops of an essential oil. Um, the, the distilled water. We want distilled water, not tap water in here. And then a pinch of the Epsom salts. And why do you need the distilled water? Talk about that for a second of why it's important to make sure it's distilled. Because our, our water is full of toxins. You know, we've got heavy metals, we've got pesticides, we have pharmaceuticals, all coming in our tap water. We've got chloride, chloramine, uh, fluoride. It's all in our tap water. And for me, it's not things I want sitting on my body. So we think our clothes are sitting on our body and I just don't want that in there. So I'm gonna make sure I always have distilled water because all of that's been removed out of the water. Mm. So let's talk about some of the perfumes that you can make. Because um, a lot of times people, well, first of all, perfume is so expensive, number mm -hmm. one. Um, and number two, it's just so loaded with chemicals. Let's talk about that for a second. Absolutely. Um, yep. Let's just move on to there. So there's, um, I'm, I'm sure there's probably other people out there. I'm just going to talk about uh, what I, I got um, because perfume was one of those things when I went all natural, I didn't have any more because perfume is full of toxic fragrances, toxic chemicals in the word fragrance because it's, it's protected by proprietary trade secrets. And, and it, it was a damaging my health. I suffered from headaches and migraines and it was all the synthetic fragrances that were causing my problems. But one of the gals that's within our organization, her name is Melissa Pepping, put out these really cute booklets of all different kinds of perfumes that you can make. And it's simply using essential oils and water, distilled water and alcohol. And some of them have vanilla in them. And so it's, it's just, playing you know you get to play scientist and create these perfumes that you like and the one i'm going to make today so i ordered these pretty little glass jars Ooh. on amazon mm -hmm. they've got a spray so I'm, I'm able to use that when i'm done so we're going to make this one today this one is, is from the innocent collection and it's called hint okay so what we're going to do is first of all and so where did you get these these recipes from again her name is Melissa Pepping. 
Okay. I'll, I'll grab the link for it because she sells okay. a book, but I'm sure if you Pinterest and Google, mm-hmm. um, you know, perfume recipes, you're going to find all kinds of things out there, mm-hmm. right? But this yeah. one, she's got different collections um, of the perfumeries uh, that she created. Essential perfumery, perfumery collection is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, they're fantastic. They're really, really good. I've, I've made a lot of different perfumes and these are really good. So okay. I'll, I'll get that link to you. She's also got a book for men too. So if you want to make men's cologne, um, there's a book for those that are wonderful, wonderful as well. So these I just got off of Amazon again, spray bottle. Now the, the plastic, um, tube was too long for the bottle so I did cut off a little bit of it on the end it still twirls up a little bit but it was way long on him not sure why but you can order these in bulk too or you can order them individually Amazon is fantastic so what I do is I mix the um, liquid ingredients first so in this particular recipe and I've got a little card my lights kind of taken that off you can't really see it but I have a card because I did a class and we all made perfumes. Um, so what I do is this is a two ounce bottle. So it's one ounce of, of distilled water and one ounce of alcohol. And this is vodka that I got in my, my, my bottle here. So we're just gonna mix those real quick. And so you're, you're particularly using, like that's just vodka, but would you say, are you, do you like it better when you use vodka or do you like it better when you use just a different kind of alcohol? Vodka has no real um, scent to it or flavor to it, um, if you will. So uh, that's why we use vodka and the recipe called for vodka. So okay, gotcha. I guess that, and I'm not an alcohol drinker and that's why the alcohol, <laughs> it's in right. because I don't drink it and somebody had to bring it to me. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna just go grab some water real quick and add that, just a second. We have a reverse osmosis on our uh, water coming into the house, so we're good to use that. But I just use a little spout thing here to add. And I'm just taking it up to the top and then I'm gonna add in the essential oils, okay? And it's important that you add the, these liquids first before you add the essential oils, because if you overfill, you're not losing all your essential oils. Mm. So that's a tip for you in making any of your liquids. So now we're gonna add our oils. So we have in here 10 drops of frankincense, um, which do you use frankincense? I like it. Oh, it's it good so for good. your thyroid too. So can you see how that was dropping out? Could you see that? Yes, I could. So there's 10 drops of frankincense. Um, frankincense has a really kind of woodsy, sweet smell to it. And then we are going to have a drop of neroli. And neroli is made from the... Um, flower of the orange plant, the orange tree. Mm. So it's, it's a real sweet scent as well. We've got bergamot, which is a mm. citrus oil, uh, really, really good for relaxation. And we're putting 11 drops of that in. 
And if you had to say what, like when we're done with this, what kind of, can you relate it to some kind of smell? Like yep. what kind of smell is this that all yep. of these? Let me, let me get it made and I'll tell you here. So I've got four drops of black pepper. Mm -hmm. Black pepper is really, really good for focus. Um, mm -hmm. Black pepper is also super good for addictions. So whether it be a food addiction, a chemical addiction, a tobacco addiction, um, black pepper is really, really good to fight that. Uh, we got geranium, three drops of geranium that we're putting in here. And the, that's the good thing about essential oils is they do have a, such a good scent to them, but there's always something else that it's good for. Um, just besides smelling good. One drop of lavender we're adding. You can tell I've got lots of drops of essential oil in here. And then one drop of basil. Basil has a very sweet scent to it as well. So this is gonna be a really refreshing sweet smell um, with all the florally that we did. I'm gonna put my cap on here actually. Let me pop that part off. Put my cap on. I'm gonna give it a shake. And then let's give it a mist. Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm going to describe the scent to you. That It's wonderful. So let me tell you, the vodka in your perfume is your preservative. So it's, it's what's going to help make it so that bacteria is not developing inside of that per perfume as it sits on your counter. Okay, so this has a, very, it has a florally sweet smell. And the neroli, we had only one drop of neroli, but have you ever been to an orange um, grove, uh, uh, you know, and smelled that citrus, that, that flower? I can, I can smell that. It's really, really good. But there's a little bit of the pepper and basil in there kind of takes it down. The frankincense takes that down so it's not overly florally. It's a really clean, refreshing scent. Mm. Mm. It's called Hint. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I know I know that they say that, have you heard of the Lady Sclerol uh, Lady essential Sclerol? oil? Yeah. yeah. Um, that one, I'm trying to find a way to get that one because that's an expensive essential oil, but I don't like the smell of it, but they say it's so good for, with perfumes. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering what I need to add to that to make it smell good. Does that make sense? Like I could put like a couple drops and then maybe add, I need to try to find a nice combination. If anyone's listening and they could send me something that's really good, that I could use some of those drops, but I hate the way it smells by itself. But I think if I combined it with a bunch of other things, I might think I might turn out to be a nice perfume. Here's a tip. A couple, a couple things I can, I can tell the listeners. Two things. Number one is uh, when we're talking about the sense of, of essential oils, for instance, you've got top notes, middle notes, low notes. Top notes are, are um, oils that smell really good right away, but dissipate very quickly. So citrus oils, for instance, have such a, a refreshing 
great scent to them, but they don't hang around for a long period of time. Within short order, you're not going to smell that anymore. If you put it on your skin, you won't smell the smell of that essential oil. Middle notes hang a linger around for a little bit longer. So high notes can only last up to like 30 minutes, a max like an hour, and you're not going to smell it anymore on your skin. Middle notes are going to last a couple of hours or so, depending on which one it is. And then low notes um, are going to last like 12 hours. And those are typically your woodsy tree root type oils, your frankincense, your sandalwood, your cedarwood, your pines, those cypress, your woodsy type uh, essential oils, you will smell on your skin for, you know, upwards to 12 hours later. Got okay. it. That's a great so tip. You, you want to combine all of them so that you get you get that first burst of scent. You, you, it hangs around and you still have that scent with you. Mm. Um, when you don't like the smell of something, um, here's another tip. I'm just holding up two oils, I, whatever I grabbed. If you want to know what something's going to smell like, put them together and hold them underneath your nose and you're going to get a glimpse of what, if I mix these two oils, what they're gonna smell like together. So just hold the bottles together like that, okay? Ooh, those are great tips. Do you have any others? Yes, lavender mixed with almost anything tones down a scent. Mm -hmm. So if you want to take, and it doesn't really affect, it, well, it doesn't affect the, what, it, what it's doing for you, but lavender combined with almost any essential oil will help tone down the scent of it. I personally, um, if there's something I don't like the scent of, I will add a citrus oil because I really like the smell of citrus oils to tone down uh, that scent as well. Love it. That's great. Well, this has been amazing. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Absolutely. So I'm uh, the best way to find me is my website, which is just um, amycarlson.com. And my name is spelled A-I-M-E-E -E, and then Carlson, C-A-R-L-S-O-N. You can get to my podcast through there. You can get to my Facebook group there through you know all my different social media. You can reach out to me through that. Uh, I'm on Facebook through my community, The Toxin-Free Lifestyle, and on Instagram is Amy Carlson 6 and those are two of the bigger social media channels that I'm on. Hey guys, if you are interested in any of these items that we talked about on the show, then go to chantelrayway.com slash youngliving. That's chantelrayway.com slash youngliving, and you can get started on joining us with these products. Tell them about it, Amy. Chantel, I'm so excited to have you as part of our team. This is such a great company with all natural products that are going to get rid of all of those nasty chemical toxins inside your home. You're going to just absolutely love being part of this team. It's such a growing community. We have over 4 million members worldwide. It's a revolution, and I'm so glad to have you be part of it. Yeah. And if you guys want to join our team as well, you can be underneath me and be underneath Amy. Um, we'll put a little contact in there under that chantelrayway.com slash young living. And um, we'd love to have you guys be part of our team with us. Absolutely. I've got our own Facebook group where I do tons of training so that I'm going to walk with you side by side to help you down this journey and make sure that you're taken care of because you're part of our family now. 
Awesome. Well, this has been great. You guys stay tuned. We'll have another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.